Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? This is part two. I'm not sure of how many parts <laughs> to do with report cards. So yesterday's was part one, and I realized as I was going through it that I had a lot to say on the subject, and it was about 18 minutes, and I could have kept going. So I did stop it and said that I would continue later. So here's my later, and this part's going to deal with what you can do if you are finding that your child confidence is suffering as a result of their grades. So we did talk about in the last one, a little controversial perhaps that a grade is just an illusion, a little bit about how if we have so much emphasis on the grade, we're going to tie a child's self-worth to that and actually what a grade is and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And today we're going to talk about what we can do, as I mentioned, if we are tying a child's grade to their to their self-worth and we're finding that that self-worth is not where we would like it to be for our child. And again, as I mentioned before, in working with kids for over 20 years um, as a teacher, social worker, trainer, self-confidence is definitely something I've seen lacking as well as anxiety in the past 10 years of working more directly with kids in relation to a tutoring type role, test anxiety and general school anxiety has been on the rise. Both because I feel kids aren't allowed to fail in school and um, the other part is that we put so much emphasis on the grades. So what can we do about this? Let's not be all doomy and gloomy here. We want to make sure that we put our kids in other activities that are outside of school that have a progression. So let's take something like karate, for example, and how there's different belts attached to it. And if you are training for something, um, so a particular belt or a particular competition that you're going into, you train for that. And there's nowhere along the way that because you didn't meet a certain expectation that you failed. You just get an opportunity to do it again and see what you did wrong to fix. And in something like karate, because you have classes all the time, they're constantly working with you on what you're failing. So again, as I've mentioned, if you fail fast and fail often, you're going to learn that much faster than you did before. So really important to put them in something where there's going to be a mastery of skills expected and that's going to be encouraged and supported. So that's a little bit opposite than school, as we've talked about, where a mastery isn't necessarily supported or even expected. Um, 
kids are taught and then it's like they're just supposed to get it and then they're tested on it. The other thing that I want you guys to think about if you really want kids to excel in something, so it's something that's important to you, a subject, and you feel, you know what, I really do want them to get, to get better at this. So how about make it relevant to their world? We had a child a number of years ago that was homeschooled and they were going to be putting him into regular school. And by regular school, I mean like a bricks and mortar school. And he had never taken math. And so what the parents didn't want us to mention during the initial interview with them is the word math, because they were so worried that he'd have a reaction then to the tutoring because we were going to be saying the word math. And so we really had to come up with a different way to talk about it. So we talked about what he liked, which we do with all our kids anyway, but this was the main focus. So what he liked was skateboarding. And the reason why I'm bringing this one up is because it was our most instantly successful case. So a boy had been homeschooled, hadn't done any formal math, knew no formal math language, and we took his love and his passion and we met him where he was at, literally met him at the skate park. And the tutor worked with him on angles and velocity and all these other different concepts that if he understood in relation to math, his skateboarding would actually get better. The other thing we do that I think is pretty neat is that we'll get a child to engage with what they like, even on media. Ooh, this is another controversial fact. But if your child's already watching YouTube videos and we can say, put in skateboarding and math, and I can almost guarantee you that somebody will have recorded some sort of video about skateboarding and math and how they're linked. And now you have your child who already likes to be on YouTube watching a more educational type video based on what he likes, based on what you want him to like. So again, let's do that. And I would suggest to you, you can put in any connections into Google, dance and math. Um, one time I put horses and math in and there was whole workbooks created on people's love for horses and math. It was brilliant to find that already created for our students that didn't like math and loved horses. And guess who just graduated and did extremely well in math? This girl who, again, was another girl actually who was homeschooled. Now she was going to be continued to be homeschooled, but her parents did want her to have some more math language and desire to do math. I want to mention a quick point here about language. So sometimes when we look at a child's grade and they're not that successful, it can actually be that they don't understand a simple concept with the language the teacher is using. Think about uh, if you were going to a different country and they used a different language, how lost you could be on something really simple like finding a bathroom or ordering water or whatever might be simple to you. And so think about that in relation to a child who's now sitting in a classroom and the language is like, a different foreign language that's coming at them. And that can happen in math, it can happen in science, it can probably happen in actually almost any subject. It can happen in art if it's a concept that they don't understand. So one way we can improve our child's self-worth is if we can get any of the concepts ahead of time, 
I call this doing reverse homework, by the way, is get those concepts ahead of time from the teacher and have them preview it and have them preview it in a way that they like. So if they really like books, get some books out on it. If they really like YouTube, then find some YouTube videos on it. If they really like just searching things out on the web, have them search it out onto Google. You can find PowerPoints, you can find really neat things. And this way, what you're doing is giving them a preview of what's coming. So when they're going to class for the first time and hear about it, it's not their first time. They're going in with some familiarity. So that's like, think if you went to a different country, sometimes you learn some standard things. Hi, bye, where's the bathroom? How much does that cost? Those are some key phrases that you might learn. Same thing when you send your child into a math class or a science class or an English class, etc. Give them some of those key tools. So we've talked about different ways that we're tying um, our kids' confidence and increasing it in relation to school and in relation to grades. And another point I wanted to make is that really think about where your child could be coming from, right? So they are walking into a classroom. They're going to have different teachers every year, maybe multiple teachers in a year, all different teaching styles, all different personalities in their teachers, as well as the people in their classrooms, as well as maybe the principal or duties in the schoolyard. There's going to be different expectations from every teacher. There's going to be different reward systems. Some, to, some kids, sorry, might be rewarded for putting their hands up. In other classes, don't put your hands up. Some kids might be rewarded for being very, very quiet and just sitting at their desks. Other classes, maybe they want the kids to participate and do group work. And so in all of these different teaching styles, personalities, expectations, and reward systems, your child has to survive. And not only do we want them to survive, most parents want them to thrive. I certainly want my children to thrive and every single child that I've worked with. So how do we do that? Again, I want you to just get curious. Figure out if your child's having a bad day or having a bad experience with a particular subject. Instead of just making that into the way it is, so a bad day now turns into a bad school year, slight exaggeration, but can happen, or a bad math class turns into not liking math for the rest of their lives, which isn't an exaggeration. We have had kids that remember years before where they were told they can't do something, and then they've been turned off from that subject. So what we want to do is get curious. Get curious with your child and figure all those things out. If your child isn't a talker, there's lots of other options. You can go to their coach. You can go to their teacher. You can talk to their friends. You can talk to their friends' parents. You can Google, my child doesn't like math, but likes skateboarding, right? So there's lots of different ways out there. Oh, and of course, you can turn into my podcast. And a really good way to do that would be also to send me a request. Send me something that you're struggling with. Check out your child's report card in this next week and let me know if you have any questions about it. You can contact me at amber at amberscotchburn.com. So what's important here is to remember that the child is not attached to their grade. They are not a C. They are a child who happens to have a C in a particular subject at this moment in time. We want to really make sure that they understand that they can talk to us and really feel supported about where they're at, that they can make a mistake, that we can help them act on it, 
even experience anxiety and act on that and then move forward. And then there's so much more to talk about on this subject that I could keep going on and on. But what I would really like you to embrace is those things that I have talked about before. And that's remember. Remember when you look at their grade. Remember that they were that little cute little baby once that was just learning to walk. And you totally supported them in that. And then they were going to ride their bike. And you totally supported them in that. This is the same thing. It's just a grade. It's just a moment in time. How can you support them on that? What bumper can you give them? What baby gate can you put up for them? So they don't fall head first down the stairs. You don't want them to be defined by this. Or to be turned off at this point in time. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.